you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. Still fully vaccinated, still dodging variants like Neo in the Matrix. Uh, we are in a brand new studio. For those of you who are watching the video show, which you can find, of course, uh, on the NFL app, on the NFL Fantasy app, and streaming on YouTube. We got our brand new digs on the other side of the glass, pushing a whole bunch of buttons and knobs and dials and probably ready to blow up Alderaan like it was the Death Star. We got a whole cast of dozens in there uh and of course right here to my left it's michael f florio we are in person it's wild it's weird you are not a screen like a, a small <laughs> box on my computer screen i can actually see you we got to talk before the show it's uh it's surreal right now it's absolutely wild that we are here in our brand new beautiful podcast studio uh dedicated in honor of the late great chris wessling uh here at nfl la so uh we're looking forward to this should be a whole lot of fun of course uh we're gonna have all the same great fantasy content for you uh, we will have our big questions for week three have some sleeper picks for you and uh, we are going to break down every single game on the week three schedule well, minus the monday night game we'll get to that uh next week on the show but let's get started first with some of our fantasy headlines and a couple things that came down this morning the first one Tua Tunga Vailoa has fractured ribs at first they were saying it was going to be a situation of pain management whether or not he can play but he has been ruled out for week three that means Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter for the Dolphins uh, nobody's starting Jacoby Brissett let's just get that part out of the <laughs> way but are you comfortable starting any of the wide receivers in Miami now not really, no, not unless I'm desperate. I mean, Jacoby Brissett came in last week early in that game, and he threw 40 times, Marcus. Didn't even get 170 passing yeah. yards. Didn't score any points. It's a, It's been rough. It was a rough day for Jacoby Brissett. I will say, if I'm starting anyone, I think it's Devontae Parker because he did throw nine times to Parker. But now Will Fuller's back, too, so that only uh, makes things a little murkier there. Yeah, I do think there, there may be an uptick in targets for some of the backs. Maybe Miles Gaskin, maybe Mike Gesicki, just historically uh, Brissett has targeted his running backs and tight ends, but uh, I'm not really excited. I will uh, have a I have a sleeper pick for this game that uh, may play into uh, what's happening with the Dolphins starting quarterbacks. Big news out of Chicago on Wednesday morning, and really it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Matt Nagy says that Justin Fields will be the starter for the Chicago Bears when they travel to Cleveland to take on the Browns this week. And uh, it is a simple question. If you have Justin Fields, are you starting Justin Fields? Uh, this week, for me, it would depend on the options. Like, I, I do have him ranked below some other streaming options I like, like Teddy Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, Sam Darnold. But I'm really excited for Justin Fields. So it is a good matchup as well. He struggled a little bit in week two. Um, but if you don't have any of those other streaming options or if you've been rostering Fields as, like, your backup quarterback and you don't love who your QB's one matchup is, I think you could get him in play. And Marcus... He gets the Browns this week, then the Lions, then the Raiders, all three teams that are in the top 10 in quarterback uh, fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks since the, since last season. I think Justin Fields could 
get this opportunity, run away with it, and we may never see Andy Dalton again. I mean, that was sort of my question. Like, is this the last we have seen of Andy Dalton <laughs> as the starter? You know, obviously pending, you know, you know, avoiding injury or that that sort of thing. I had thought coming in that week four was going to be the week Justin Fields took over. I figured they would get past the Rams, they'd get past the Browns, and then there's that run in the middle of the season. It's a pretty soft part of the schedule, and I thought that's when we'd see Justin Fields. It happens a week ahead of time. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of questions of, will you start this guy over that guy? I've already gotten the, hey, would you start uh, Matthew Stafford over Justin Fields? Would you Would you start Matthew Stafford? I, I would. With the way that Stafford's been playing, especially with their running backs banged up, I expect uh, more passing out of him. And I think this could just be a high-scoring game between the Bucks and Rams, actually, because good defenses, but really good offenses as well. All right. Well, we will certainly be looking forward to it. I'm sure Bears fans the world over are celebrating. We should check in with Adam Rank, make sure his heart is still uh, still beating. <laughs> Uh, at this point on Wednesday morning. Uh, elsewhere in the state of Florida, Antonio Brown has been placed on the COVID list. Now, he is vaccinated, so there is a chance he could still come back uh, if he can get a couple of negative tests in the next few days. But if he does not play this week uh, in a big, big game against the Rams, uh, who do you think benefits the most in that passing game? I'm gonna. I'm thinking is Godwin and Gronk again. Like those are the two guys that haven't had a down week. We've seen AB and Mike Evans already have a down week here, but those two guys being the targets across the middle for Tom Brady, especially Gronk in the red zone, I think it only helps. Uh, is it weird that I'm actually a little bit more worried about Mike Evans now? I know I'm the low guy on Mike <laughs> Evans, but with no AB on the outside now, it's a little bit more feasible that Jalen Ramsey could just follow Mike Evans around the field, and that that scares me because we saw in Week One. When Trayvon Diggs was on Evans, Brady was like, all right, I'm just going to go to the other guys. That's the thing is that, you know, because there are so many options there, if one guy is getting locked down, it's not like you're, you know, if you're Tom Brady, you don't have to try to force the ball in there. So that that potentially is bad news uh, for Mike Evans. I know people keep saying that Gronk can't score two touchdowns every week, but if <laughs> Antonio Brown's not there, I mean, he might score another two touchdowns. Uh, in week three. Yeah, that was one of my bigger misses. And, and <laughs> you I, and me both. I, I'm guessing Scotty Miller might get a little bit more run, but fantasy Twitters, their darlings, Jalen Darden and Tyler Johnson are both on this <laughs> roster. So maybe they get their chance. I love the fact that like once or twice a year, Tyler Johnson makes some like ridiculous catch. And then the <laughs> Tyler Johnson hive just starts buzzing on Twitter. I'm like, all right, man, like I, he may be a very good receiver, but he's on a roster with really great receivers. So. He's, he's not getting any run anytime <laughs> soon. He's not. He's not going to get any run. Uh, on the other side of that game, uh, there's Daryl Henderson, who is dealing with a rib injury of his own. Now, the Rams are remaining optimistic that he will be able to play this week against the Buccaneers. We saw last week, Sony Michelle came in and got some work late in that game after Henderson got hurt. Um, but the bigger question is, against that Bucks front, would you start either of the Rams running backs this week? See, I, I think I would be more inclined to start Sony Michelle if Daryl Henderson sat, if that makes sense. Because if Henderson plays, then I, I am anticipating at least that Michelle will have a role as well. Because you're not going to throw out Henderson for 100% of the snaps, I don't envision, with uh, this rib injury that he's playing through. So I'm thinking that if they both play, it's a really tough matchup. It's a murky situation there. Uh, I would get away from this backfield. But if Henderson sat, I would be a little bit more inclined to start Sony Michelle. Then. That, that makes sense to me. I mean, obviously, if, if they're both playing, then you're talking about two guys splitting the workload against a good defense. Look, if you have to deal with a tough defense, I'd rather just have one guy. Yeah. all the opportunity there. So I, that that makes some sense to me. Um, more running back issues. This one in Dallas. And I guess it's it's not an issue for the Cowboys. It's an issue for us. 
Uh, Jerry Jones says he sees this Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard running back committee as, quote, a great asset. That, I'm sure, works well for Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy because <laughs> they've got some options to use. For us, we just want it to be one guy. If you drafted Zeke, right, you spent a first-round pick on him. And so far, he has been just okay. I mean, Tony Pollard has scored more fantasy points at this point in the season. How worried should you be if you've got Zeke? I think you have to be pretty worried. And Marcus, this is one of those things that I'm kicking myself on very uh, much so because coming into the year, like back in like June and July, I was like, Tony Pollard is a good running back and Zeke is trending on the wrong side uh, efficiency wise. Z uh, Pollard is a threat to get Zeke's workload. And then the echo chamber that can be fantasy Twitter <laughs> in the summer convinced me that, no, this is Zeke's job. They're paying him all this money. They're, they're going to continue to go to him. Tony Pollard has just looked good. I know I saw you joking the other day that he is their best runner. Yeah. I don't think it's a joke to say he's easily their most explosive running back. He's averaging more yards before and after contact than Zeke has this season. They're using him outside on outside runs as well, which is where he gets a lot of space and can show off that burst. Zeke has just kind of been a plotter that they're using up the middle. And Pollard is actually out-targeting him in yep. each game as well. So that was another thing we were hanging our hat on for Zeke. I think you have to be pretty worried about Zeke right now. I, I still think he's an RB1, but he's not a top-five running back right now. I, I felt like the Cowboys were trying to tell us this all offseason, which is why I was sort of you know pushing Zeke toward the back part of the first round uh, in a lot of drafts. And I will say this. They've used Pollard even more than I anticipated they would. I do wonder, though, at some point, is it sort of law of diminishing returns, right? We've seen guys who come in and they have kind of a minimal workload and are effective and efficient. And then you start to give them more opportunity and maybe it doesn't work out. We'll see what happens with Tony Pollard. But uh, if you've got Zeke, yeah, you got to be a little bit worried. You got to be a little bit concerned right now. And am, am I crazy, Marcus, that in one league I'm considering just starting both like Zeke is my RB1, Pollard is my RB2, and just kind of... Just, you know, just let it happen, right? Yeah. Whatever. Either way, I'm going gonna... to... You get all of the rushing efficiency <laughs> until, you know, until Dak starts scoring rushing oh. touchdowns. <laughs> uh, all right, last bit of news here. Davis Mills officially will get the start against the Carolina Panthers on Thursday Night Football. Of course, you can watch that game on NFL Network. Kickoff set for 8.20 Eastern Time. Uh, Mills came in in the game last week after Tyrod Taylor left with an injury. There aren't a whole lot of Texans we're excited about starting except Brandon Cooks, but are you still okay with starting him if it's Davis Mills under center? Yeah, I am. Uh, Brandon Cooks is the only Houston Texans player I want to start in fantasy. Uh, last week, he had 14 targets. Brand, uh, Davis Mills threw 18 times, Marcus. Nine of those went Brandon Cooks' way. No one else on that team even had two targets. So he is just such a a target hog there that I think the volume warrants using him as a wide receiver three. He has up more upside than that, but I can't rank him any higher right now with Davis Mills under center. I mean, it falls under the category of somebody's got to catch the football. <laughs> and I, you know, that doesn't always work out, but in this instance, it works out. Uh, Brandon Cook's 21 targets. The next closest players are with six. So, Oh, wow. There's a pretty, <laughs> pretty big gap in there. Uh, real quick. Uh, Deshaun Watson is still on rosters in about 17.5% of NFL.com leagues. He has been a healthy inactive. There has been no talk of even bringing him in. We can drop him now at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, if he's not active this week when Tyrod Taylor's out, he's, when is he ever going to be? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's sort of... I mean, unless you're maybe in a dynasty league and you're hoping for something, I think in most redraft leagues, you can, you can say goodbye to Deshaun Watson. Let's take a look at some of the big questions we've got for fantasy football managers heading into week three. The first one... Look, I made a TikTok about this because uh, I got to keep up with the kids, so I'm on the TikTok <laughs> now. Um, 
Do we dare take a chance on a 49ers running back this week? It is a mess in Kyle Shanahan's backfield. So, so do you dare? And if so, uh, who's the guy you take the chance on? If Elijah Mitchell ends up suiting up, I think you could get him in your lineup. He's been get, giving you like over 15 touches per game. But if he's not there, I mean, you have to get away from everyone. I thought Trey Sermon would be a thing last week. He, <laughs> he played one snap and got hurt on that one snap. Like, what are the chances? Trenton Cannon, Jamichael Hasty's hurt too right now. Like, just a lot of names of that don't aren't really appealing, Marcus. And then it's the 49ers. And we know Kyle Shanahan will. He'll get his eighth string running back and make him fantasy viable. They signed a guy named Jacques Patrick. Um, <laughs> I, all I know about Jacques Patrick, uh, according to the Wikipedia, he went to Florida State. He went to Timber Creek High School. Uh, he's 24 years old from Orlando, Florida. Uh, and now he's a 49er running back. And if he gets in, uh, chances are he'll get like 10 carries and run for like 70 yards. But nobody's going to know that. <laughs> Nobody's going to have him on their roster. I'm staying away just because it just is so confusing. And it, it makes me sad because the Packer run defense so far doesn't look good. So no. the, matchup, the matchup is good. I just don't know who I can, who I can believe in this week. A um, couple of quarterbacks that went very early in drafts uh, who have not gotten off to great starts, Josh Allen and Justin Herbert. Uh, of the two of them, whose start is more concerning for you? For me, it is Josh Allen, and uh, I, I was telling you in the break, I have a super flex team with both of these as my two quarterbacks, so it hasn't been fun, but at least with <laughs> Herbert, you're you're getting the yards. He, he should have had more touchdowns, too, last week, if not for those penalties. Josh Allen, it's been two games, and he's averaging less than 225 passing yards per game, less than 17 fantasy points per game, and this is the issue. You see it on screen, right? He's constantly having to run for his life. Like, he's under so much pressure. The... The passes haven't been like, like he hasn't been throwing the ball like he was last season, but so much of it is because he's just under pressure all the time and trying to make something out of nothing. So I, I'm more worried about Allen and it's more so about the Bills offensive line than anything else. I, I look at Josh Allen and I feel like I can sort of give him a pass just because the first two weeks they played the Steelers, they played the Dolphins. So yeah. they went up against a couple of good defenses. So that uh, at least makes me feel like, okay, maybe things will get better. What worries me most about Justin Herbert, uh, one, they've had you know, some decent matchups. I, I really thought the game against the Cowboys was going to be more high scoring than it turned out to be. I think a lot of us did. The yeah. other part that worries me about Justin Herbert is that early on, He's been way more turnover prone than what we saw last year. He's already got three picks. He's lost a fumble. I mean, this is a guy who threw five interceptions all of last year once he took over as the starter. Uh, that number is alarmingly high through the first couple weeks of the season. Not to say he can't turn it around, um, but it's just not what I thought it was going to be so far this year. Uh, on the other side, of these two wide receivers, whose start is more sustainable? Mike Williams, who's had a couple of really big games to start the year, uh, or Marquise Brown, who may be able to resume the name Hollywood. Last year, he was like sort of Van Nuys Brown. He was like North Hollywood Brown. He's been actually Hollywood the first couple of weeks. Uh, which guy's more likely to keep it going? I think it's Mike Williams. Uh, Mike Williams is averaging 11 targets per game right wow. now. Like that is big time volume. Uh, he actually leads the league too in end zone targets right now. So he's getting opportunities in the red zone and, and in the end zone, which is where you love to see your wide receivers getting targeted. The thing with Marquise Brown, uh, I do believe that he could sustain it because I think he started to break out at the end of last season from like week 12 on. He's been averaging over 17 fantasy points per game, but it comes down to the offense. The Chargers are just going to throw a whole lot more like 
Marquise Brown is a 29% target share, Marcus, but on the Ravens this year, that's just eight targets per game. <laughs> uh, on the Chargers, Mike, uh, Mike Williams, 25% is 11 targets per game, so I'll take the offense that's just throwing the ball more. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with you on that, too. I'm going to double down on Mike Williams. Uh, the Ravens, regardless of them trying to tell us each and every year that they want to throw the football more, they are still a run-based offense. I mean, there's a reason that we are uh, clamoring for Tyson Williams. It's a reason people are you know, making the move, you know, begrudgingly for Latavius Murray off the waiver wire because they're just going to run the football. Meanwhile, Justin Herbert's going to keep slinging it. Uh, so I think Mike Williams is the guy who finally is going to have that big breakout year. I think we've been waiting for it, and I think this is the year uh, that it finally happens. All right. We're going to start diving into some games. We will break these up all throughout the show, but uh, we're going to go through every single game on the schedule, minus the Monday night game, because we'll do that uh, on Monday's show. But uh, let's get started with the Thursday night football game, Panthers at Texans. Again, you can see that on NFL Network, 8.20 p.m. Eastern time is the kickoff. Uh, give me one guy that you were paying attention to for this game. Is there room on the Trojan bandwagon for me, Marcus? Absolutely, sir. Because I'm all in on Sam Darnold Fight right on. now. I'm very excited for what we've seen <laughs> out of Sam Darnold so far. He faced the Jets and the Saints early on. The Jets, we expected him to take advantage of that matchup. He threw for nearly 280 yards and a touchdown, added one with his legs. And then this past week against the Saints, I was off of him. I was like, you know, it was a good matchup week one. I don't want to trust him week two. And he played even better. He threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns. He has now scored around 19 fantasy points in each of those games. And this is a great matchup against the bad Houston Texans defense. I think that Sam Darnold is a streamable option this week, and I'm really excited to see if he could take advantage of these good matchups because that's what quarterbacks that you want to stream are supposed to be able to do. That has been really exciting. I mean, I think it's it's the combination of Joe Brady. It's the combination of having all those weapons around him. Uh, I mean, this is something he never had when he was in New York. So I've, I've been very encouraged to see him play. Uh, there were a couple of drafts where I took him sort of late as a second quarterback, and it, I felt like I was being a homer. But now... I feel like I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> uh, over to the Buccaneers and the Rams. The game is going to take place literally across the street from where we are sitting right now, uh, which to me, I think is going to be the marquee game of the weekend. Uh, I'm going to tell people to start Cooper Cup. And I know that the first thought is, well, it's the Bucks defense and they're very good. If there is a weakness on this defense, it is in the secondary. They were sort of short on depth there. Now they've got an injury. Sean Murphy Bunting uh, is injured. So I think there's going to be opportunity for the wide receivers for the Rams to get loose. And we have seen early on that there is definitely a bromance building between Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. I still want Matthew Stafford to introduce his work friends to his personal friends so that Cup <laughs> and Clayton Kershaw can be BFFs. Uh, but if you were worried about starting any of your Rams receivers against the Bucks this week i think you know it's going to be a good defensive battle but i don't think it's, it's reason to be just terrified about it this week yeah and especially with the with henderson banged up we could get even more throwing out of the rams cooper cup has a near 40 percent target share right now i mean you see it on the screen <laughs> start him like a boss marcus yeah exactly man. he's gonna be i think he's gonna be just fine this week uh another big game this one in kansas city the chargers and the chiefs i think a showdown in the afc west uh who are you paying attention to there Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, he is the big story out of this Chiefs offense right now. Like, Tyreek Hill had a bad week, too. We don't worry about Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey's awesome. Patrick Mahomes. But the fourth piece of this offense was supposed to be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He was going as a high-end RB2 in the second round of a lot of drafts. And it's been brutal to start the year. Like, last week, he wasn't even a top 50 running back. I think he had sub three points. So, uh, I've... I've been pretty worried about him. I have him in a league, the same league where I have Allen and Herbert. No <laughs> surprise, it's the only league I'm 0-2 in. 
I'm starting him again this week, Marcus, but if he struggles again this week, I think you got to start thinking about getting him out of your starting lineup after that. Uh, I think it's a bad sign that Byron Pringle has more fantasy points so far. Uh, than, and a deal uh, with Pringles now. Yeah, man. I enjoy your chips. Good on you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We will step away for a moment, come back, and we will continue with our game previews for week three. Plenty still left to come on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Let's keep it going with our game previews heading into week three. Start with the Seahawks and Vikings, which should be, I think, an interesting matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of fantasy points scored by some of the stars here. And I'm specifically pointing toward DK Metcalf because I know a lot of folks have been, I won't say worried, but at least mildly concerned about DK because the first two weeks, it's been the Tyler Lockett show in Seattle. I'm telling you to stay patient. The big game is coming for DK Metcalf. I know we talked about Byron Pringle and his uh, his ship sponsorship. Uh, I believe there's a coffee. There's Decaf Metcalf, I think, is a, an actual thing now uh, because of what he did last year. And then, you know, Seattle coffee is kind of a big deal. But I do think this big game is coming. I think it could happen this week. Uh, I guess the Vikings, this Vikings defense isn't what it was a few no. years ago. And I think DK Metcalf is set to, to actually break out this week. Yeah, I, I think both of the Seattle wide receivers are borderline wide receiver ones right now going forward. Tyler Lockett's looked amazing, but DK, we know what he can do. And, and it's just a matter of time before he gets going. Yeah, just stay patient there. Uh, Bears at Browns, an interesting one in Cleveland. And uh, you've got another wide receiver you're, you're keeping an eye on. Yeah, a lot of people are worried about Allen Robinson. I don't blame them. He's got 15 targets on the year, but less than 20 fantasy points. So that's never a good thing. Um, but I think that this week is the week where he starts to get going. The Browns defense, I know they had some tough matchups like against the Chiefs in week one, but they have allowed points to wide receivers this year. And I think if Justin Fields starts, that could actually be a, a benefactor for Allen Robinson because he's one, he's going to throw the deep ball more than Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is not throwing the ball deep down the field at all. And then two, the defense will have to worry more about him running, which I think keeps defenders closer to the line of scrimmage, which helps open stuff up downfield, which could lead to a couple more deep shots for Allen Robinson. So I'm thinking he bounced backs this week, but if not, then maybe you have to start to get a little worried. I think, yeah, the Bears have been very conservative offensively early on. I think they start to open this up a little bit more, and, and Robinson should do okay because of that. Uh, the Washington football team travels to Buffalo to take on the Bills, and I will tell you, beware if you're starting Antonio Gibson. I, I don't think you can sit him because chances are you don't have somebody that is the equivalent uh, of, of Antonio Gibson. But through the first couple of weeks, the Bills defense has actually been pretty tough on fantasy running back. So that's one thing to be worried about. And then, of course, Florio, as you know, there is the specter of J.D. McKissick that is hanging around this offense. We saw last week in that game against the Giants when the football team was driving, when they were in two-minute offense, it was J.D. McKissick that was out on the field, and he was getting those targets, which is sort of weird. I mean, I know he's a converted wide receiver, but so is Antonio Gibson. And I think Gibson's a better player. But uh, until McKissick starts to go away, this is a worrisome week for me if you've got Gibson in your lineup. Yeah, and not only with the two-minute drill going all to McKissick, but 
They called a timeout, and the goal line carry still went to J.D. McKissick. <laughs> so that is really worrisome if you're Antonio Gibson, because last year, touchdowns were the one thing you were guaranteed with him. And they kept saying they were going to work him into the passing game more, and I don't know that that's happened so far. Week one, it was it was him. Week two, it was McKissick. I think it could just be like a guessing game all year. That's that's not fun. I don't I don't <laughs> like that at all. Um, the Saints and the Patriots, which you know a few years ago would have been like a whole week of Breeze versus Brady hype. Uh, I don't know that Jameis Winston versus Mac Jones has the same cachet to it. Um, but if you are paying attention to this game, who's the guy uh, that's on your mind right now? Damian Harris. I know Damian Harris has been a reliable running back to start the year, but this is a really tough matchup, Marcus, against the Saints defense that dating back to last year has allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs. They're giving up just 75 rushing yards per game. And the issue with Harris is if the Patriots fall behind, it's not like he's going to be the one out there catching passes. We know that is James White's role. So he's facing a defense that could make life really difficult for him on the ground, and then he doesn't get the benefit of catching passes there to make up for it. So I I have him more as a flex option. I'd be trying to get away from him this week if possible. I feel the same way. I'm very worried about Damian Harris. I feel like what happens to him uh, is going to be contingent upon how well the defense plays. If they can slow down Jameis Winston and the Saints offense, then I think Harris ends up kind of getting a role. If not, then it turns into another James White game uh, in New England. Dolphins at the Raiders mentioned at the top of the show. Tua Tonga-Vailoa is out for this week as he has a fractured rib. Jacoby Brissett is going to be the starter. I already felt like the Raiders had a chance to be a sleeper defense. I feel that way even more strongly now. Uh, Look, Brissett is not going to challenge you down the field. As you mentioned earlier in the show, he threw the ball 40 times, uh, completed 24 of them, and had, what, like 160 yards or something like that. Um, Yeah. that's, That's not great. But you know what? On top of it, Gus Bradley has this defense playing better. Once upon a time, we saw the Raiders were like, yeah, start all your guys against the Raiders defense. They've already got a handful of sacks. I think they had, what, uh, 15? I think 20 sacks last year. They've got five sacks already. So they're getting after the quarterback. They're forcing turnovers. This is a better defense. And I think this is the week that they sort of flex their muscle and show people how good they can be. Yeah, when I walked in today, uh, producer Hytham was like, would you start any of the Dolphins now with Tua out? And I was like, uh, I'm going to start the Raiders' defense. That, <laughs> that's all I, I care about from this offensive side of things. Uh, I will throw an asterisk on this once upon a time a long time ago. Uh, on NFL Fantasy Live, I had the Raiders as a sleeper defense because I thought Nick Foles couldn't throw seven touchdown passes two weeks in a row. Ah, uh, silly me. Nick Foles threw seven touchdown passes two weeks in a row. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be this bad this week, though. I'm standing by that. Uh, Colts at Titans, which I think is a, a very interesting battle in the division here. Um you're looking at a wide receiver there in Indianapolis, huh? Yeah, I, I asked you earlier if there's more room on the Trojan yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, man, folks have jumped off since the Clay Helton firing. We need more people. Come on. Let's go. Michael Pittman <laughs> Jr. I mean, I expected big things out of him in week one. It didn't happen. And then I benched him everywhere in week two because he was facing Jalen Ramsey and the Rams defense. And he went off 12 targets, eight catches, 123 yards. Now gets a much better matchup against the Titans. The Titans have been getting thrown all over this year, Marcus. And... I know a good friend of yours and friend of the show, Matt Harmon, I, I respect his opinion when it comes to receivers yep. more than anyone. He put put out that Michael Pittman looked like a true wide receiver one last week and, and what he was doing and how he was winning those tough defensive matchups. So I was excited for Pittman coming into the year. I'm even more excited about him after last week, and I would be definitely starting him if I have him on my roster. Any concerns 
if it ends up being Jacob Eason who gets the start this week? A little bit, but I still think Pittman will be the top target. It's not as appealing if it's Wentz, but I think he'll still see enough volume that you could trust him as a wide receiver three or a flex option. All right. Uh, you're getting some of our starts and sits right here, but if you want more of that, be sure to check out the Stardom Sit'em show on Thursdays. It's Michael F. Florio here with Kimmy Checks and Adam Rank as they go through all their starts and sits for every game on the schedule during the week. You can catch it live at 4 p.m. Eastern in the NFL Fantasy app, the NFL app, NFL.com, and on our YouTube channel. It's also available on demand if you don't get to catch it live. Because I know, look, some people have lives and jobs and families and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're here for you whenever you're ready for the show. We'll take a pause on the game previews for a bit, but a couple of guys that I think are worth getting in depth on. Let's start with Las Vegas Raiders star tight end, Darren Waller. Darren the baller Waller, the Wallerus, however you want to describe him, but either way, he has been uh, balling out the first couple weeks of the season. But in week two, saw a little bit more of Henry Ruggs and a little bit more of Brian Edwards. Uh, is this going to be a trend going forward? Are we going to start to see more of the other guys getting involved in the Raider offense? And is that going to impact Waller a lot? Uh, we might see them get a little bit more involved. I don't think it'll have any impact on Darren Waller. I think Darren Waller is the unquestioned top target for Derek Carr and the Raiders. He had 19 targets in week one, only seven in week two, but it still was tied for the team lead. Uh, that was Henry Ruggs. He had seven. That was his first career game with more than five. Uh, and Brian Edwards only had three there. So they were spreading the ball out a lot more. I think that gives more credit to the Steelers defense than anything. But I think on most weeks, you you could expect double-digit targets out of Darren Waller. Uh, he who has a new rap album out as well right now, Marcus. Does he? Yeah. Oh, see, now that, this might have to be a segment on the show where we review uh, Darren Waller's rap album. Uh, you know, we still got to get the Darren Waller, Cole Beasley collab going yeah. at some point. We got to make that th thing happen. Uh, I do think, by the way, Darren Waller will somehow kind of fall between his, you know, 19 target week one, his what, seven target week two. Uh, I think reality is somewhere in the middle. I don't think he's going to really uh, worry too much about Ruggs and Edwards closing the gap. But it is good to see those guys getting involved because I think both of them uh, have some potential. All right, next one up. It is Calvin Ridley. He who has a brother named Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know him as Riley, the brother. Not this guy. Uh, this one is the uh, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver who through two games is the wide receiver 30, which is certainly not where anybody drafted him. Should we be concerned right now? Maybe a little bit. Uh, I think he, if you drafted him, obviously you did as a top five wide receiver. I think maybe then you're a little concerned about him, but I still think he is a wide receiver one. I'm not too worried yet. He did have a team high 10 targets in week two, uh, caught seven of them for 63 yards and a tutty. It was week one that he really struggled in, but uh, I think what he did week two against a tough bucks defense has to have you feeling uh, pretty good, at least about Calvin Ridley. My bigger concern is the arm strength of Matt Ryan. We've heard that that's been uh, declining a little bit, and that is where Calvin Ridley does so much of his damage as the deep threat. Uh, but with Kyle Pitts playing better in Week 2, Marcus, I think that just uh, takes away a little defensive attention from Ridley. I'm not too panicked yet. I'm still starting him everywhere I have him. I, I do think the thing that is sort of reassuring is that, for the most part, it's a, it's a two-man passing game. It's Ridley, it's Kyle Pitts. I know, you know Mike Davis has gotten some targets. Cordero Patterson has gotten some targets. But essentially, most of the offense is going to be funneled through those two pass catchers. So even though the production hasn't been there just yet, it's coming simply because the opportunity is coming. Uh, also, the fact that the Falcons defense is bad. So the offense is going to have to keep throwing the football to stay in football games this year. That's, that's going to be the thing. 
All right, back to our game previews as we continue along here. Uh, one in Detroit, the Ravens and the Lions. And uh, we talked about the Ravens and Marquise Brown and their passing game, but uh, it's still a run-first team, this, this Ravens offense. Yeah, it definitely is, which is why I think people should be starting Tyson Williams this week. Uh, they're facing the Lions, which we just saw Aaron Jones torch them on Monday Night Football. Going back to the start of 2020, though, they've allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. They've allowed... 35 scrimmage touchdowns to the position in that span, Marcus. The next closest is 25. So they have 10 more touchdowns than any other team. They're giving up over 162 scrimmage yards per game to running backs. And it is a little frustrating to watch Tyson Williams get them down the field. And then Latavius Murray comes in for the goal line work. He had an opportunity to score, did fumble it. That, that was concerning, but He's clearly the most explosive running back they have there. He's been leading them in touches. So I, I think this is a good week to get him into your starting lineup. Definitely think he should be in your lineup, but it's also the reason I, I have Latavius Murray as a sleeper this week, just because Greg Roman has said repeatedly they want to use multiple guys. Latavius Murray is the guy who's been getting a lot of those opportunities. So I think he should probably be in lineups if you're in deeper leagues and you need a flex option. Uh, all this means is that Devontae Freeman's going to end up having a big game because we've said all of this stuff right now uh jets at the broncos and you know, we are part of the javante williams hive here have been pretty much all Very season much so. long and uh this is another week that i think you can get javante williams in your lineup we saw him start to have a, a pretty big game last week i think it happens again this week uh i do think melvin gordon's gonna be fine too if you've got melvin gordon i think you can play him but i, I still think javante is the more is the better all-around back the more explosive back he's the guy who's going to catch the football effectively and I think that's a part where the Jets defense has been victimized early in the season, pass catching running backs. So uh, I look for Javante Williams, just sort of keep it rolling. And it's one step closer to him eventually just taking over this, this number one job there. Yeah, it's a good matchup, like you said. And then they've him and Melvin Gordon have been splitting snaps and work, but he was the much more efficient runner this past week. Besides that one long TD run in week one, Melvin Gordon hasn't looked great. So I think Javante, as the year goes on, could continue to just space himself further and further away from Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I said that when you draft him, just be patient because uh, it, it's coming at some point. Uh, Cardinals at Jaguars. The Cardinals have been a pleasant surprise the first two weeks. The Jaguars have been an abject disappointment uh, in the first two weeks. So let's, let's stay on the positive side of things. Uh, who, who are we talking about here? I think Rondell Moore is a sleeper. He was a big name to grab off the waiver wire this week. And while I don't have him as someone like that, I'm guaranteed to get into my starting lineup. If I have him, I am at least considering it, looking at the other options. Last week, you pick a receiving set. He led the Cardinals in it. Targets, catches, yards, touchdowns. He, his snaps also increased from week one to week two. While he still is their fourth wide receiver right now, at least in usage, uh, I, I mean, we saw what he did last week. He's explosive. It wouldn't surprise me if, as the year goes on, even maybe starting as soon as week three, if his workload continues to increase. I'm thinking he could surplant A.J. Green at some point, too. Just He's the better option, I would say. I would definitely think he's better than A.J. Green. Are you playing him ahead of Christian Kirk right I now? still have Christian Kirk higher because Kirk is being used similar to him, but he's getting more targets and snaps. So I, I like them as the downfield options in a Kyler Murray offense, but... I would use both of them over A.J. Green, but Kirk over more. J.J. Zacharyson, who is a very smart man, pointed out that uh, they are manufacturing touches for Rondale Moore, which gives you hope. Uh, obviously, you're not going to get a big 77-yard touchdown on a blown coverage every single week. Uh, but the fact that they're getting him in uh, means that you have some hope to maybe get him in your lineup uh, if you need a flex option right there. Uh, another break. We'll come back and we will wrap up the show with some more game previews, plus our sleepers heading into week three. Stay tuned for the end.
at least the end of the show on the NFL fantasy football show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Last few games on the Sunday slate as we get near the end of the show. Bengals at Steelers. Uh, the Bengals off to kind of a meh start. The Steelers offense not looking particularly spectacular, but their defense is good, which is why I'm saying you should beware of starting Joe Mixon this week. I mean, he has sort of been the epitome of up and down over the first couple of weeks of the season. I like the opportunity. I like the volume. The production hasn't always been there. And uh, for all the frustration that has been the Steelers offense, Steelers defense is still pretty good. So uh, I look again, Mixon's probably one of those guys that you drafted high. You may not have better options on your roster, uh, but if you do, maybe you think about him this week because I, I just don't like the matchup here. Yeah, it's a tough matchup. I, I like Mixon because of the workload he's been getting, but the Steelers have just been shutting down really everyone they face. So you definitely got to take a little caution if you have any Bengals in this one. Totally. Uh, Falcons at the Giants, a couple of 0-2 teams looking for their first win of the season. But there's a guy that we really love this week, believe it or not. Oh, man, I feel a little dirty saying it, but I'm all about starting Daniel Jones <laughs> this week. I, I put it on Twitter, Marcus. Is it wrong to have him ranked as a top five quarterback? I chickened out and moved him to number six. Uh, so I'm very <laughs> bullish on Daniel Jones this week. Last week, we saw what he did against a tough Washington defense, 250 passing yards and a touchdown, but really what makes him fantasy viable, 95 rushing yards and a touchdown should have been two rushing touchdowns and about another 25 yards tacked on there that he had taken away due to penalty. But great matchup against a team that has allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. It's the rushing, though, Marcus. Two weeks in a row, he's led them in rushing yards. There's more design runs for him. Daniel Jones being a little bit more aggressive there. He reminds me a bit of what Josh Allen was before Josh Allen became like an MVP type of passer, which is a good fantasy asset because of what he can give you with his legs. The other part is he's just not turning the ball over. Yeah. No interceptions, just one fumble loss through the first couple of games. That's always been the thing that's holding him back. Uh, I feel like this is the week that everybody is in on Daniel Jones, and you know that usually happens. Uh, <laughs> you know what happens when the whole three community turnovers gets, coming in. When the whole community gets behind a player, you know what usually ends up happens. But let's let's keep our fingers crossed that this goes well. Uh, last one here. Sunday night football should be a good one. The Packers at the 49ers. Whenever Aaron Rodgers comes in to play the 49ers, he really he, he really takes all his aggressions out on him. Yeah, let's let's remember he wanted to be drafted by the Niners. Joe Montana was his favorite player. He grew up in Northern California. Uh, they passed him by. In fact, they took Alex Smith number one. I feel like things would have been a little different had they taken Aaron Rodgers. You know, I still believe that Aaron Rodgers probably wouldn't be the player he is if the 49ers had drafted him. Really? I don't. I I feel like you know. As much as I would have wanted him to be there, uh, things worked out okay for him yeah. in Green Bay. Uh, but I'm also saying that you should start George Kittle. Uh, and this is sort of a reminder to people that George Kittle is still great. There's a reason you drafted him as a top three tight end. And I know last week was not particularly good. He was okay in week one. Just, just get him back in your lineup because they're going to get him opportunities, especially if they're still trying to figure out their running game. Plus, uh, the Packer defense has not been particularly spot on uh, the first couple weeks of the season. So I feel like 
as they're figuring out their offense. I think this is a week that George Kittle ends up having a more signature George Kittle week. Um, yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen big weeks from Kelsey. We've seen big weeks from Waller. We just need George Kittle to kind of make it the big three at this point. Yeah, I've been asked on Twitter, like, should I get away from George Kittle? And I'm like, for who? Like, <laughs> like, what tight end are you possibly, unless you have Kelsey or, or Waller still on your roster with uh, with him, like, like what tight end are you going to use? Tight end is just as much of a wasteland this year as it's been in the past. I mean, look, I'm writing about Max Williams nowadays, <laughs> right? That's, that's where we are. It's only week three. Yeah, you're starting with George Kittle. <laughs> As we wrap up the show, we have our picks for uh, sleepers you need to keep your eye on. And uh, who's a guy who's maybe a little under the radar this week? I think it's Jamison Crowder. And part of the reason I have him as a sleeper is he hasn't played yet this year. So I don't think he's on anyone's radar too much right now. But the reason I'm excited for him is it looks like he will return in week three. And we know the Jets just love getting their slot receivers involved. So far this year, Zach Wilson has thrown 30% of his passes to the slot. And it's been Braxton Berrios leading them in targets each week. He had 11 uh, this past week. The week before that, he tied for the team lead with seven. I think all of that work goes to Jamison Crowder once he is back. So I think he is a sneaky option, especially in PPR leagues. And I think after last week, if you're the Jets, you want to give Zach Wilson some like safe, easy yeah. targets. Uh, after he just was completely rattled by uh, by the Patriots defense. I mean, people start talking about seeing ghosts again. That's how <laughs> bad things were uh, for Zach Wilson. Uh, my sleeper for week three is Jalen Rager with the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, last year was not the season people wanted it to be in Philadelphia. He, unfortunately, will always sort of be tied to Justin Jefferson. And right now, that gap is pretty large. But... He's number two on the team in targets. They're getting him involved. He very nearly had a very long touchdown catch against the 49ers. It was called back because he stepped out of bounds, first player to touch the ball. But the more important part is that they are trying to get him more involved. Devontae Smith is still the number one option in that passing game. Uh, but it looks like Jalen Rager might end up being the number two guy. And uh, if he can get more involved, I think that's going to be a good thing. Plus this week, uh, look, you can still pick on the Cowboys defense. And if Devontae Smith ends up locked up, on uh, on uh, Trayvon Diggs, then uh, there could be some options. I mean, maybe we maybe we shouldn't give up on Jalen Rager yet is what I'm saying. I, I agree with you, Marcus. He had five targets in week two, which doesn't sound like a lot, but only one player had more. Everyone else had Kenny Gamewell had three. Everyone else had two. Like he has been utilized more than Dallas Goddard. I, I think he is number two in the target pecking order here. And Hertz is not afraid to air out the ball, which plays to Rager's strength. Love that, too. He's going he's gonna to take the ball downfield. He's going to take those shots. Uh, that's what we want out of our quarterbacks and our wide receivers. Uh, if you want more sleepers, and why wouldn't you? You can check out my column each and every week. NFL.com slash sleepers comes out on Wednesday. Actually, if you're really astute, it comes out late on Tuesday. You can check it out then, too. Uh, but anyway, I give you a whole list of sleepers, even some random, mundane, esoteric, borderline emo things that uh, are generally on my mind. Uh, if you want to read that, cool. If you want to scroll through the names, that's cool, too. Uh, we still got plenty, though, to come during the week. There's the Sunday Fantasy Game Day. That's like our big day, right? I mean, that's me, you, Kimmy. It's everybody. Right? Yeah, you get all of us. We'll, we'll maybe mix in some emo feelings. <laughs> so we'll talk sleepers for sure, though. But we take you all the way up until kickoff. Uh, it's the latest news, the top starts, who you should be sitting, sleepers, everything to get yourself, your lineup ready for the upcoming games that day. And, and a lot of fun, too, Marcus. Absolutely. Everyone should definitely tune in. NFL app. 
uh, NFL Fantasy app, YouTube, anywhere you watch us, it's it's there. All kicks off at uh, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, so be sure to join us. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, why is a show called Unsolved Mysteries? I mean, if they were solved, they wouldn't be mysteries anymore. Be safe, take care of yourselves, get vaccinated, and we will see you next week. Enjoy week three, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.